Hey, this is Matt Labby, one of the lead pastors here at Movement Church. My wife Holly and I planted Movement here in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, January 2020. And it's been amazing to see all the ways in which God has been moving in our community. One of the things we're so excited during this season is that we believe that God is calling us to a greater amount of connectivity. So each weekend at our home, we have a time of movement cores. These are opportunities for people to be able to connect over a meal, to be able to learn during a time of teaching, and then one of my favorite parts, to be able to practice teaching that to one another. So the audio that you're gonna be hearing today is from one of our cores. We're so grateful for the way that God is moving. If you wanna go ahead and sign up for one of those cores or if you'd like to give to Movement Church, you can do that by going to immovement.church. We hope that you're inspired and encouraged in your spiritual life today. Well, uh, how many of us, I gotta ask the question, so I'm watching. So for those of you who are uh, watching over Zoom for the first time, know that there is in the comments section an opportunity for you to like raise your hand or like celebrate or like write in a little note. So I gotta know right now we have our Christmas tree up and we are in full Christmas mode. Anybody else have Christmas decorations, listening to Christmas music? Is there anybody out there? Not a single person. Are you kidding me right now? Matt Labby, that's, that's my wife who's celebrating. Okay, well, uh, that's disappointing. Um, so there it is. I was, I was uh, thinking that all of us would be in Christmas cheer. Uh, so my, my encouragement to you this week is to begin to listen to the sounds and feels of Christmas because who would have thought that we're already almost in 2021? It is crazy. I don't know about you, but for me, I feel like in some ways I'm still stuck in April of 2020. That like it feels like from April 2020 until now has just been like pause on the button of my life and I'm just like waiting for life to resume again, right? And so as I'm watching Christmas come closer, there's a reality in my own heart that I'm wondering, man, what am I doing with the rest of 2020? And what am I doing as I head into 2021? Because I think that's really the opportunity during this season is to evaluate, man, where have I been and where am I going? Uh, there's an old proverb I'm sure every one of us has heard, but it's that you can't step in the same river twice. And the idea is that it's a different river. And, and the reality with each and every one of us is to be human is to become. That's a, that's a truth right there. To be human is to become. You are a different person today than you were yesterday. You'll be a different person tomorrow than you were today. And as we look at this year, I think there's an opportunity for us to begin to ask the question, who am I becoming? Am I becoming more of who I wanted to be? As I look back at 2020, am I finding myself to be more like Jesus? Am I finding myself to be more kind, more compassionate, more empathetic, more loving, more good to the world around me? Or has 2020 begun to wear me down so that I'm actually becoming less of who I want to be? Because to be human is to become. The question is, who are you becoming? And it's our opportunity and hope in church each week to be able to talk about this idea of how do you become the kind of person that God is calling you to be. You see, I think though the problem is that sometimes what happens is we come to church and it becomes very self-helpy. You know, it becomes very like you got to become better. That's kind of the message that we hear. Just be better. Like do you except better. Uh, you know, be better at your marriage. Don't do drugs. Don't drink. Um, you know, be nice to the people around you. And the truth is that the Bible and the gospel has so much more than just the message, do and be better. It actually has a message about how to become who God is calling you to be. And one of the ways that it describes this is this idea, which I'm going to talk about today, glory 
to glory. That's the title of today's message, Glory to Glory. And so we're going to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Now to set up the conversation with you, what's happened is Paul, the apostle, so like the guy, right? The guy that we all look to, we all read his letters in scripture, the one who kind of was the initiator of Christianity spreading throughout the Roman Empire, went and established a church in a place called Corinth. Now, the thing about Corinth is, is he went there, established a church, and then he left, right? Because that's what he did. He's a missionary. And so he went on to the next place. Now, the thing about this church in Corinth is they began to follow after people they thought were more amazing than Paul. And so they saw someone who was more eloquent, and they were like, well, Paul didn't speak that well, and this guy speaks really well, and so I'm going to follow this dude instead of Paul. Uh, they end up following people who they thought were more spiritual. And so they, they looked to be more spiritual than Paul. And so it seemed like they were doing more miracles or they were able to, you know, experience the divine in a way that Paul couldn't. And so people started to follow after these other apostles. And as we're reading in chapter three, Paul begins to talk about why he's not discouraged by that. He begins to talk about this idea of, listen, I'm not discouraged by the fact that, that is happening because I understand what the gospel is and what my call is. And so before we go any farther, we need to understand the context through which Paul is going to talk to us about what it looks like to become. And so here's what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. And I'm going to kind of unpack what this means. And here's what he says. In verse 7, now if the ministry that brought death, chiseled in letters on stones, came with glory, so that the Israelites were not able to gaze steadily at Moses' face because of its glory, which was set aside, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious, right? And so here's what he's talking about. He's saying, listen, there was a time where Moses goes up on the mountain, receives the law, Ten Commandments from God himself, and there's glory to that moment. The only problem is that with the law came death. And so you actually see this as you read the book of Romans, this idea that with law comes death. And so I want you to imagine that I become president tomorrow. This isn't going to happen. I know some of y'all wrote my name in. I'm honored. I always think that, you know, if, if you get a name right in, that they should send you how many people uh, wrote your name down. I think that that would be just a fun, like, deal with, with voting. Um, but imagine that I got voted in as president tomorrow. And my first decree as president is that it is against the law to run a, a marathon 26.2 miles in anything more than one hour. Now, uh, I know some of you are thinking, well, what's the big deal? I can marathon in an hour. You can't. Uh, the fastest marathon is actually at one hour and 59 minutes. That's running at a pace of four minutes and 34 seconds per mile. Anybody breaking that record? Probably not. And so if I say the decree is that if you don't follow this, if you're not able to be able to follow the 10, if you're not able to actually accomplish the, the marathon in less than an hour, that you're going to go to jail. Imagine that I say that. That's the decree. Okay, what happens in that moment? You are condemned, right? Every one of us is condemned because none of us can run a marathon in less than an hour. Now, I know that for that decree, it it's, doesn't make any sense, but I want you to imagine that God's decree are things like this. Listen, don't worship anyone else besides me. Now, I don't know about you, but I've worshiped some things besides God. God's decree or things like this. Obey your mother and father. I don't know about you, but I remember growing up, I didn't do great at that. 
Uh, he says things like this, don't covet something else that someone else has. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. And all of a sudden, all of these laws, all of these rules that God gave us just simply condemn us because not a single one of us can live up to it. Just like none of us could run a sub one hour marathon. And so the question is, well, listen, then how is the law good? And what are we supposed to do about that? What is it supposed to be like? And why did God have a law? And so Paul actually continues on and tells us that the point of the law was to bring condemnation so that we understood that under the law, we actually need a savior. And so then he unpacks in verse nine, he says this, for if the ministry that brought condemnation had glory, so he's saying, listen, the, the Ten Commandments, the Old Covenant was not a bad thing. There was glory to it. But he's saying if it had glory, the ministry that brings righteousness overflows with even more glory. In fact, what had been glorious, he's speaking of the, the Old Covenant, is not glorious now by comparison because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was set aside was glorious, what endures will be more glorious. Can you talk about glory more than in this passage, right? He's saying a lot of glorious things. But he's saying this, listen, yes, the old covenant was, was good. It was glorious. But when the spirit came and when Jesus established a new covenant through righteousness, through Jesus, that which seemed glorious isn't that glorious anymore, and that through the Spirit, we're actually empowered to now live the way God is calling us to live. So let's go back to the illustration of in order for you to not go to jail, you have to run a marathon in under a mile. Now imagine if I say, listen, you just got to go faster than a marathon in an hour. Imagine that I give you the fastest bike in the world. One of the fastest motorcycles right now can go 249 miles an hour. And so if you jump on that bike, you're going to be able to go faster than that marathon, correct? You'll go 249 miles. How? Because you were empowered in a new way. That's what Paul is saying. He's saying, listen, the old covenant, what it does, the Old Testament, is it condemns us before God. So we recognize we need the power of Jesus in our life by the power of the Spirit to enable us to live in a new way so that we can actually live the way God is asking us to live. That's what he's unpacking. And he's saying, listen, there's glory to that understanding that God is asking us to live in this new way. So that is the setup to everything that we're getting to, to finally lead us to our passage of what I want to talk about today from glory to glory. So he sets up that the old covenant's not bad, it's good, but it is not glorious compared to the new covenant of the spirit in righteousness. And so then that's where we come to our passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. He says this, now the spirit of the Lord and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We all with unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror at the glory of God and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is the spirit. Here's what I want us to know today. If you want to go ahead and write this down in your notebook, it's that we become like what we behold. We become like what we behold. I want to give this illustration because Holly and I, y'all know that we're going to have a baby here come January. And it's a scary thing to have a baby because part of a baby and the reality of a child is that they actually become a mirror of who you are. 
And so if you see a child who's disrespectful, if you see a child who doesn't love, if you see a child who's struggling to be able to share with the people around them and who are cussing at each other, you know, like there's a reason why that is because they're mirrors and they're reflecting their parents. In the same way, what Paul is saying is that we actually begin to, to actually reflect and become like what we look at. And so he's saying, listen, the more you look at Jesus, the more you'll look like Jesus. Oh, so good. I'm going to say that one more time. The more you look at Jesus, the more you look like Jesus. And so there's a couple of words I want to unpack for you in this passage because he's saying, listen, you need to look at Jesus. And as you look at Jesus, you actually behold him. So in a number of different translations, you might have reflect, or you might have mirror, or you might have behold. But it's this idea that as you look at Jesus, you actually become kind of like an imprint. So almost like anybody remember like the signet rings? You'd have a ring on your finger, and you would have wax, and you'd press the signet ring into the wax, and that wax would become an image it would actually bury the image of the ring. And kind of in that same way, what God is saying is as you look at Jesus, you will bear that image, that you will become transformed to look like him. Now, the word transformed is used a few times in scripture. One of the times that it's used is when Jesus goes up on top of a mountain called the Mount of Transfiguration, and he is literally transformed before the disciples. It said his face becomes radiant. His clothes look like they're whiter than any clothes could ever get. And it's this idea of being transformed into something else. And in that same way, what Paul is saying is when we look at Jesus, when we behold him, when we gaze upon him, we actually are transformed to look more like him. Why is this good news? It's good news because it means that we don't need to try to be better. It means we don't have to try to just earn our way. It means that we don't have to just like, you know, if I can just get there, it's none of that. What Paul is saying is, listen, that is old. That's the old law where you're trying to do it in and of yourself and you can't do it in and of yourself. And so what you couldn't do, Jesus did. And so the more that you look at Jesus, the more you look like Jesus. That's the beauty of the new covenant. That's the beauty of righteousness through the spirit is that when we behold him, we actually become like him. So it's this idea. I know that um, actually in a, in a few months, some of you are going to do something that's going to make the rest of us mad. Uh, and it has nothing to do with the election. It has nothing to do with COVID. But here's what you're going to do that some of us are going to be mad at you. I guarantee it. Some of you are going to go away in January to someplace warm. Uh, you're going you're gonna to go, you're going to be in the sun while the rest of us are shoveling snow. Well, the rest of us have translucent skin. Your skin is going to be golden and beautiful. And then you're going to come back and you're going to mock the rest of us with your golden skin, right? Like that's the thing that happens and it makes everybody mad. And they're like, why is it that you look so good? And I don't. And the thing is that in those moments, did the people who were tanning try to get tan? Did they lay out in the sun and did they try to like will themselves to just somehow be more radiant? No. What did they do? They were in the presence of the sun. And to be in the presence of the sun is to be transformed and to become radiant in skin, right? In that same way, what Paul is saying is Christianity is about becoming by beholding the very one who came and gave his life for us so that we become transformed by him. 
It's a beautiful thing that it's not about us trying to fulfill righteousness in and of ourselves, but beholding the one who is righteous. And so Paul is saying, listen, who are you becoming like? Really, maybe the question is, what have you been beholding? That's the question that I've asked myself this past week is, what are the things that I've been beholding? Have I beholding, am I beholding the news full of fear, full of hate and anger? Am I beholding that? Am I beholding Netflix full of things that really are not good or praiseworthy or pure or beautiful? Am I, am I beholding the world around me or am I beholding Jesus, because we become like what we behold, what we gaze at. You know, I wonder what it would look like this year if we actually became more like Jesus because we spent more time with him rather than with the world. As I look at the election, you know, what do we see in the election? Right now we see hatred, we see fear, we see division. We see families divided against family, where some of us are going to have tension at some of our family gatherings this year because of the election. But I wonder what it would look like if we gazed upon Jesus and beheld the very one that in the very very darkest moment when he was crucified and he was looking at those he crucified that crucified him that he said forgive them father they know not what they do what if this election season we beheld jesus and we forgave those who were our enemy what if this season of covid we beheld jesus who is full of care and compassion and empathy for the people around him who was moved by those who were hurting and broken and what if this year we looked for those people in our life who are struggling and if we reached out to them and if we reached out in compassion and grace and mercy and empathy not because we were trying to be a good enough person but because we saw the one who was good enough what if this year year in 2020 and the end at the beginning of 2021 what if it was our goal and beauty to simply look upon Jesus and look more like him if our marriages as we're looking at our spouse that we're able to forgive easily that we're able to love easily be kind easily even though they might not deserve it in a moment because we're looking at the one who is kind and good and beautiful and right what if we lived that kind of christianity that's what paul is inviting us into from glory to glory who are you becoming in a moment, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to actually have a moment of reflection. And so we sang that song, Canvas and Clay, that says, in the midst of our failures and flaws, that God is still working that together for our good and for his glory. And so what we're going to have you do is we're actually going to reflect on 2020 and ask the question, what are the failures and flaws that I can look back on and still experience the goodness and mercy of God and understand that he's drawing me to more in 2021? That we can look at 2021 and we can say, how am I, how am I being compelled by who Jesus is to be changed in 2021? And so here's the way that this happens. Maybe you're wondering, well, what does it look like to behold Jesus? And so this here's my application for you of what it looks like to behold Jesus so that we become more like him. It's very simply this, to contemplate Jesus, to contemplate 
Jesus. Here's what Paul says just a, a verse earlier. He says this, for to this day, at the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil remains. So in other words, as you read the Old Covenant, there's a veil of understanding so that you don't know and you can't actually see what God was doing. It, but then he says, it is not lifted because it is set aside only in Christ. Now, the way that we set aside trying to live up to the law is when we understand Christ and his gospel. That's why we contemplate him as a solution of how we're moved from glory to glory. Here's what contemplation means. According to the uh, dictionary definition, it's this, to look thoughtfully for a long time at, to think profoundly at length. Now, I know that I'm talking to a group of people who didn't go to deer hunting opener this weekend. I know that that's all, like all you who are watching, but I'm going to use a deer hunting opener uh, illustration, you see, because as we think about the people who are out there, what have they been doing over the past few weeks as they're preparing for deer opener? They've been thinking about the perfect deer. They've thought about the, the buck coming through the thicket and its head popping up out of the thicket and, and them getting the perfect line of sight. They're thinking about exactly where they're going to put their deer stand. They're thinking about how they're going to be able to line up that shot. They're thinking about how it's going to feel when they post on social media the picture like I've seen of so many deer uh, of saying like, look at this deer that I shot and the vegan inside of me dies every time I see one of those pictures. But, you know, they're posting this trophy and what are they doing? They're contemplating. They're thinking about it. They're dwelling on it. And the question is, how are we contemplating Christ? How are we looking at him through every page of scripture? Can I tell you he's there as we look at the tabernacle man as you look at the ancient tabernacle what would you do you'd walk through the gates jesus says what i am the gate right and so you walk through the gate to the tabernacle you walk up and what is there there's a bronze um there's a bronze altar and on the bronze altar the sacrifice was given and what was jesus he was the perfect sacrifice given for the sins of the world and then you walk a little farther and there's this laver there's this place where you would wash and what does jesus say he says that he comes to cleanse us of our sins and then you walk into the holy place and there's the showbread and there's the light and there's the incense and jesus says i am the bread of life jesus says i am the light of the world. Jesus stands at the right hand of God the Father, interceding like incense before him 24 hours a day on your behalf and my behalf. And then you go into the Holy of Holies behind the veil. And what they would do is they would pour over the Ten Commandments within the Ark of the Covenant, the blood that was spilt. And just like that, Jesus covers over the Ten Commandments that we've broken in our hearts. So when God sees us, he doesn't see our brokenness, but he sees Jesus. As you look through the prophets, what do you see? You see this coming one who who will restore all people to God, who will restore this nation as the king, as the prophet, as the Messiah, who would come and restore all things. You see uh, how Jesus was the perfect Moses leading us out of bondage and slavery into freedom. And on every page of the Bible, we contemplate Jesus. That's the call. And when we look at him, when we, when we see him, when we behold him, we become like him because we're in his presence not because we're striving but because we're seeing and we're seeking him as he truly is what would it look like in 2021 for us to be people who are kind because we look upon the savior who is kind to be gentle and lowly because we have a savior that says i am gentle and lowly in heart what would it look like for us to live that sort of life 
because we're looking at him. Do we know Jesus? Do we know his atoning work? Do we know his heart? Do we know what he loves? Do we know his compassion? That's the invitation of Paul from glory to glory as we enter into this new covenant of righteousness through the spirit of God as we behold Jesus and as we come, become more like him. So here's what we're going to do is uh, Holly and I, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and sing that song one more time. And I want you to think about two things. The first thing I want you to think about is looking back at 2020, where did you see Jesus in a new way? And how did that transform you to look more like him? In 2020, how did you see Jesus in a new way? And how did that transform you to look more like him? And in 2021, how are you praying that you would see Jesus in a new way, that you would be transformed by him? So how did you and how do you want to? You see, I think it's important as we go into this year that we understand that we, even as a church, we're in a season of reimagine, that we wanted to become, that we're in a process of becoming. And what we said is from September to December that we wanted to come back to scripture and that we wanted to become a church that was pleasing to God and that looked to him for the way that we were called to live. And so what you're going to see and what we're going to talk about at two o'clock today is how our church is, as our building is actually going to be below what we want it to look like aesthetically, because we want it to be a reminder that when we show up, we show up not for a building, but we show up for Christ. When we show up, we show up not for a building, but we show up to disciple one another, to encourage one another in our faith, to be able to behold Jesus, not to behold the facility, but to be able to behold him who is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so what does it look like for us as a church, for you as individuals, for me as a pastor to look at Jesus and to allow him to transform us from glory to glory as we become like what we behold? So we're gonna take a few minutes, go ahead and think about how did you see Jesus in a new way in 2020? And how did that change you? And how do you wanna see Jesus in a new way in 2021? And how would you like that to change you?